Six-time PGA Tour winner Jimmy Walker is, obviously, passionate about golf. And he's seen firsthand through the Bush Institute's Warrior Open how golf can be a big part of a healing process for veterans. Uh, to be able to come out and hang out with them and play golf with them and show them a good time, yeah, it's, it's the least we could do. Jimmy took time out from preparing for the AT&T Byron Nelson on a windy day at the course to chat with us about golf, steak, and photographing the stars in the sky. I'm Andrew Kaufman, and this is The Strategist, presented by the George W. Bush Institute. What happens when you cross the 43rd president, late-night sketch comedy, and compelling conversation? The Strategist, a podcast born from the word strategery, which was coined by SNL and embraced by the George W. Bush administration. We highlight the American spirit of leadership and compassion through thought-provoking conversations. And we're reminded that the most effective leaders are the ones who laugh. Recording again at the Trinity Forest Golf Club, the site of the AT&T Byron Nelson, and we're joined by six-time winner on the PGA Tour, Jimmy Walker, who also happens to be the leading astro imagery expert on the PGA <laughs> Tour. Jimmy, thanks so much for doing this. You're welcome. That is true, by the way. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little more. True. Don't worry. Uh, and our co-host today is Brittany Bain, the communications director in the, for the Bush Institute and the Military Service Initiative in particular, one of our experts on the Warrior Open. Brittany, thank you for spending some time Thanks here. for inviting me. So, Jimmy, last year in 2018, you played in the Warrior Open at the Bush Institute, um, which, is a part, which is a part of the AT&T Byron Nelson. We're a, we partner with them. Can you tell us about that experience and playing with veterans and what, what that was like for you? It was cool. It was... It was a great day. I remember it was a beautiful day. It was hot, but I mean, everybody was out and they had friends and family and it was just a show of support for what a lot of these guys have done to keep our country safe and to keep us being able to live the lives that we live and come out and play the game of golf that we love and that everybody enjoys following and uh, to be able to come out and hang out with them and play golf with them and show them a good time. Yeah, it's, it's the least we could do. And so you played with C.J. Geeker and Chris Turner. And Chris Turner's a guy who's played twice now, 2015 and 2018. And he's told us that specifically the Warrior Open is really what helped him decide to share his story and get the help that he needed for his post-traumatic stress. Did you guys talk about that on the course, about kind of dealing with what was going on in his head? We did a little bit. I know that he, that uh, President Bush has guys get up and speak in front of the room. And I think for a lot of them, sometimes this is probably the first time that may have ever happened. And I think for, I remember Chris Turner said that that was when he got up and did that, that was kind of his release. And that's what helped really get him, you know, over the edge of what he was going through and what he was feeling. So um, I've, I heard multiple stories from guys like that, that that was a very big moment for them because it's just not something that they've had really ever done. You know, it's, it's, everything's kind of in the dark until you actually openly talk about it. Yeah. And when you keep it all bottled up, uh, that's where it gets tough. Yeah. And, th- and those guys are so, um, so uniquely tied to the game of golf because it's been a part of their recovery, which is a remarkable thing to get to see. Yeah, I you know golf is just it's an amazing game. It's a game of companionship and morals and just getting outside and being with friends and 
I can't think of anything better to go do. People of all different skill levels can do it. And um, it's just it's a good way to bring people together and get people talking because there's a lot of time in between golf shots and you're out walking together. And so it's you can really make it really productive, I think. Yeah. And then the Warrior Open's not the only tournament that you've done to help our vets. You also did something to benefit Fisher House recently too, right? I did. We put on a uh, a golf tournament down in San Antonio. San Antonio, that's where I live. It's a big military town. It's the big, uh, the, the Banffsy and Fisher House are all there. And we've got a lot of bases. So it's just kind of something that we just try to give back a little bit. Uh, my time is always, I've got two kids now and it's, it's tough spreading yourself thin here and there. And so I try to get just behind a couple of things and, and that one's is very cool being able to put those people up while their loved one has been overseas or has been hurt doing something in the, in the armed forces is there and needs a lot of help and to be able to put families up at no cost is, and be with them while they're recovering. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah the Fisher House has a, has a great mission and, you know, they've partnered with us on a lot of our work as well before and they've been wonderful, wonderful people. Yeah. Was there, a, was there a moment in your life that really tied you closely to veterans? Was there, was there a specific, um, catalyst to your, to this passion? I, I don't know. I, my dad, when we moved down to Texas, he took a job as a, uh, he would, uh, he was a food broker and he stocked all the bases around Texas, South Texas. So I ended up playing a lot of golf. I played a lot of golf on, on the military courses and got to meet a lot of, uh, people that were active duty and retired people. And so I've been around it a long time now. Um, so that's kind of the, the basis of it, I guess. I've just known a lot of people that have gone through it. One of the uh, unique things about the Warrior Open is that you have to play golf with the 43rd president chirping at you as you're trying to, as you're trying to line up your shots. Was that, what, what was, uh, did he say anything in particular to you to, to mess with your game? No, he's, he and I are on a pretty good, uh, we're on a pretty good rapport. He always calls me cuz when he sees me, the, the Walker <laughs> connection. But uh, Ah, that's right. He always calls me cuz every time he sees me. So I'm on cuz, but he was pretty, he was great with all the players. Uh, he he had a quip for everybody, as you guys all know he does, and uh, it's just, it's fun to get to see him out there and just in a normal setting. Yeah, it's a unique. They have a unique relationship, and getting to see that away from all the cameras sometimes. Totally, is a, it's a unique. I've hung out with him a handful of times now, and I, I've can't say enough about the guy. Just a class act. Hundred well, percent, all the way. He always loves having all the all the pros out here because he re he recognizes how important golf is and just getting off the couch and being with your friends and being with with other guys that have been through that same experience. He recognizes the importance of that and is so grateful for the time that you guys spend with them, sharing that love of this game. And I agree. Yeah, the vets love it. They, I mean, they still talk about the pros they play with, so That's it good. means a lot to them. <laughs> so, on another serious topic, one of your other big passions is has is probably not one you thought it was going to be when you were younger, but it's Lyme disease. And it really has, how did that, it's something you were diagnosed with pretty recently within the past four years or so, right? Yeah, last couple of years for sure. And, and how did that affect your life? And you almost had to, kind of like a warrior, had to recover and get back to doing what you, what you do best after, after an incident. Yeah, it, take, it took its toll physically and mentally and you know, probably still struggle a little bit of the after effects for sure. Uh, but I feel a lot better than I have in a long time. And 
I'm progressively just getting better and better and more and more comfortable. And, you know, it's a new me now. And, uh, there's a, it's a life's kind of a, it's a new normal. It's not, it's nothing drastic or anything, but it, there's just been a little bit of taking a little bit to get used to. So, uh, you know, the worst part was not being able to play with your kids when they were, when you were at home and just had no physical energy to do anything. Honestly, it was all I could do to go out here and work and play golf. And I think I struggled, you know, my golf game struggled because I'm, I'm a guy that's always been able to, I needed to, I like to practice and practice helps me. And it was just something I couldn't do for the better part of two years. And I think it's kind of, it started showing. And now that I'm, I'm back at it, it's just a matter of piecing all the pieces back together and shooting good scores. So we're close. Good. Yeah, that, a new normal is a phrase is a phrase we hear a lot as people just adjust to, to life changes. And the golf is a great way to, to recover from from those changes. Mm-hmm. The one of the also interesting with your Lyme disease story though is that your wife was also diagnosed with it. Is how how do how do y'all lean on each other as as two folks with a disease that I guess I don't know how rare it is, but you don't meet that many people. That it's have not it. that rare. It's uh, there's three hundred thousand cases a year that go diagnosed and that the undiagnosed or it might be double that honestly oh, wow. so it's it's a big deal and early detection is key i lived with it for about a year before she found out that she had it and uh she was the only one that didn't get tested she made the kids get tested and uh and she didn't do it and i was like you need to go get tested because she was starting to get these weird headaches and migraines and we were getting all these tests done and couldn't find anything wrong. And I'm like, you got to go get tests. And sure enough, boom, she was, she had it. And so leaning on each other, I think, you know, for a while there, she wondered what was wrong with me. She didn't really know. And she didn't understand. And then when she finally, when she started to feel bad and she could really start to comprehend what a lot of the things that I was going through, our symptoms were different, but she understood. And I understand you know, what she was doing and what was happening to her. So it's not fun. Um, I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. How long did you go before you got a diagnosis? Like how long were you, were you feeling the effects? It's hard to say because I don't, I never saw a tick bite or anything like that. So I, I don't know. I just know that it, it was probably about six months of really feeling bad before I got something figured out, before I got like that kind of diagnosis and started down the process of treatment. And I was on treatment for the better part of a year and a half. And and it mostly sapped your energy and that is that the just life a, draining. Yeah, it's a tough it just sucks the life out of you. It's horrible. But and it's different for everybody, but for me that's what it was. It was I didn't want to take a nap, but I, I just had like the life sucked out of me. I mean that's as good as I can say it. I'd if I was a writer, maybe I'd have something better for you. <laughs> well, the the stars speak to you. And <laughs> as an astroimagist, I think what I really wanted to ask you more than anything else coming in is what what did you think when you heard they'd taken a picture of a black hole recently? Well, I heard that, and some caddies told me about that, and I said, that sounds interesting. Because, I mean, to see a black hole, you'd have to look at the center of a, a galaxy or, or some other far, far away place. I'm like, I don't think we can see that. But somehow they figured it out with all the instruments and all the telescopes across the world and... To physically actually be able to see it is, it's it's really cool to, to, for it to be theory and to be proven, and then all of a sudden, you know, for a long time, and all of a sudden, be able to like see something, uh, you know, visually, it just puts it into perspective for you know people and the masses, and uh, I think it's cool for the you know it's great for funding and 
just sparks science, which I think is cool. How did you get into that? As as you don't, I guess as a golfer, you're spending a lot of time looking up at the. No, no, you're not. This you play golf in the day. So how did you get into that? Yeah, I just I had a telescope for the backyard that my wife got me for Christmas, and then I learned how to hook my DSLR camera up to it, and then started taking it out of town where it was darker and got prettier pictures. And then I learned that you could do it um, remotely uh, from really nice spots across the country. And so it just kept growing and growing and growing and my love for it and the artistry of it. And uh, now it's currently in Chile. So interesting. Yeah. We just moved it down there. Cool. So there's nothing like the stars in the Texas sky. <laughs> yeah, there's and good spots. I understand you're a fellow Baylor Bear, Sikkim. I am. Um, and you and your wife, have they, you live in the hill country. So what is it about Texas that keeps you guys here? You know, I think when she, when we got married and she said we were, you know, she was going to come move down here. I think she was a little homesick from, uh, from Utah and Utah is an amazing place. We now have a, a spot up there as well, but there's nothing like, I think the Texas hill country is so laid back. And as Texans, we all know how we treat each other and the pride that we have in our state and, and our, and our land. And it's really second to none, I think. And I think she's really fallen in love with the people and the culture and the way of life. Um, you know, it's, it's really fun where we live and we've got so many good friends and we all like to do stuff outside and keep moving and running. And, um, we don't sit on the couch much. We're always doing something. Yeah. That, that to me is the prettiest part of Texas, the hill country. It is where we live is gorgeous. Our, from our second floor, you can see, I mean, you've got a, I mean, you can see 30, 40 miles. I mean, it's, it's really pretty. Amazing. Yeah. One of the things that we love to ask our guests, um, as we, a lot of the guests on the show come from uh, so many walks of life, from former and current government leaders to professional athletes like yourself. One of the things that we love to ask is, what does no one ask you that you wish they would? You've done a lot of these interviews, and people are always coming up and probably asking the same things. What what should we be asking that we that no one ever asks? And I don't know. I I, I only really run one social media account that I let everybody kind of check out, and I pretty much put my whole life on there, with the exception of my kids. I kind of keep the kids out of it. I yeah. Don't, I don't want I don't want their face plastered all over the place. And sometimes I feel like people are like, do you even hang out with your kids? Because I never <laughs> see them. I'm like, yeah, I do a lot. My phone is riddled with pictures. But, uh, you know, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I put myself out there and my account's pretty real. So um, my life's pretty much an open book um, with the exception of, you know, a little bit of private family stuff. So, I mean, all questions are... All questions are fair game. And that's uh, at Jimmy Walker PGA on Instagram. Is that right? That's correct. It's a lot yeah. of barbecue, too. Any favorites? Uh, you know, South Texas. I, I'll cook anything. Anything anything that's tough meat, I'll slow cook it, and it'll taste pretty good. <laughs> do the uh, do the guys on tour expect you to bring them some bring them some meat, or is that... I cooked for them a couple of weeks ago in San Antonio. I've been hosting a party there every year for the golf tournament, and a bunch of guys get to make it over. And this year, I actually cooked for everybody, and I think it went off pretty well. Well, nice. Yeah. Well, Jimmy, thanks so much for doing this, spending a few time, a few minutes with us today and, and looking back at last year's Warrior Open. And we really appreciate the work that you do with veterans and, and hope that we'll see you out at, at next year's. You're welcome, guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it, guys. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to help us spread the word about the Strategist, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. 
We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the major listening apps. If you're tuning in on a smartphone, tap or swipe over the cover art. You'll find episode notes with helpful information and details you may have missed. The Strategist was produced by Ioana Pappas at the George W. Bush Institute in Dallas, Texas. Thank you for listening.